a Shishkin Productions podcast. You got arrested for stealing a steak or something like that. Wait, what? I did. Yeah, I big, did. I did uh, steal something and was fired. I, I remember that. This will be a fun story. But anyway, so no, I. I <laughs> Yeah, I had a brief theft phase when I was like, really irresponsible. Hey, what's up, Sizzlers? Welcome to another episode of the Sizzle Real Pod. What up? What up, everybody? Um, I'm like in in uh, in motion right now. I'm about to leave. Like literally yeah. after this segment. Your boy's headed to the airport. Yeah, John Denver out here leaving on a jet plane. Um, uh, dude, that's the second John Denver reference that I've heard in the last, like, 10 minutes. Because when I was coming over here, I was listening to Billy Joel, and uh, it was a live version of a song, and he shouted out John Denver. Oh, hell like, yeah. Whoa. It's that of, kind of day. A lot of John Denver energy. Maybe Mr. Mr. Sunshine on my motherfucking shoulders. Mr. Sunshine. <laughs> Does, did he say that? Motherfucking shoulders. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what, what he that's says. OG quote. Uh, um, Chris, uh, before we get started real quick, just let the people know the Patreon and all this, or not the Patreon, the phone number. Uh, the phone number, 332-333-4361, my bad. Uh, okay. uh, yeah, that's a, that's the cold line and you can leave us messages basically. You should. Yeah. You we, should leave we, more of them. We encourage it. Uh, we have three people who leave us messages and I think they're the only three I people who listen. I want to set a personal challenge to Ethan Lethal. If they ever listen again, call in and I don't care if you talk, if you talk through a voice shifter or whatever, so we can't recognize you, just call in. I, it's not hard. Just do it. I feel like we've been calling him out for a few episodes now. I, I don't think he really listens. <laughs> 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 we figured it out. We, we fucking figured out a secret. Um, look, speaking of the uh, the phone number, and I know we got all the other shit. Yeah, Instagram. We, you guys, we just have, look up Sizzle Real Gang. At this point, yeah. if you don't know, then go, go fuck yourself. Um, we have a voicemail. In that in that very cold line, the very 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 Burr, ice cold box. line. It's in our ice box. It is. If you guys want to hear it, here it is. Hey, what's up? It's your boy Jonah, a long time listener, first time caller. Um, I was just listening to uh, the uh, podcast with uh, your boy Germ, and I came up with a great idea. Um, so I think I'm going to open up a sandwich restaurant. I'm going to name it. Short boys, and uh, you know, I've I've been told that it's not about the length; it's the girth that really makes the sandwich. Um, so I, don't know, I just want to run that idea by you guys, see what you thought. Uh, shout out to all the short kings out there. Ervin's one. I know you're listening, and uh, yeah, see you guys later. What do you think of that? Uh, well, <clears throat> so so the idea is like chode sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i guess <laughs> I, just, I mean look my here's the way i look at it is okay so you don't want a long sandwich you want a short like super short but wide sandwich well then it just becomes a show? it just becomes a long sandwich in the other direction yeah that's a good point so it's like yeah. you, you're you got it's, the same idea now it's just a tall sandwich but what if it falls over on its side then it's that, just a long sandwich that's again what i'm saying it's about how the bread is shaped i guess i'm, I'm gonna go with long boys is the better idea i'm way better i'm, I'm sorry agree. joe i'm sorry it's just that i have a small mouth okay i can't i can't unhinge my jaw like a fucking snake <laughs> like a and python yeah and, and open and open it for this this, for this tall ass sandwich. sandwich and then just imagine like after you eat it you'll be like a cartoon you won't be able to get through a door <laughs> just, be, just hanging out in there um Chris, so look, in terms of actual post-production stuff, 
Um, uh, it, it, it happened. Can we go back to sandwiches? Well, yeah, eventually. Okay, no, it, ha- it happened, it happened, it, it happened. happened. The update. The update happened as it usually does on accident. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> on accident, one uh, one of our computers was set to auto-update, or maybe, maybe a freelancer decided to go rogue and update. Who knows what happened? But because one computer got updated and a project that we're passing around multiple editors got opened on that version version everyone had to update we we had to do the the full premiere pro 2022 update and so we're we're all on it we're all on it and as you, of this you were, week you were having problems with it you were saying it's crashing it hasn't well knock on wood it hasn't crashed for me a single time yet so so the first day that i worked on it yeah i was having a, a really big issue where i was trying to time remap uh some clips and every time i expanded a a track like double clicked on it to expand it Premiere would just crash immediately. The whole thing would shut down. It did it like six times in a row. And then I eventually I just didn't I didn't speed ramp it like that. I just uh, sped the clip up instead of doing like a nice smooth yeah. keyframing anything. Right. Uh, it, it, that, it that's how you me. solved it. But well, I guess you didn't solve it. You just had to work around it. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that that was the first day that I used it. Uh, I've used it two days since. Haven't had any issues. I haven't been able to replicate that bug. So, you know, there's that. But I just typical Adobe can't release a stable version. They they just can't. It's so annoying. It's so uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I guess you're right. But they also did patch it fairly quickly. I guess I don't know. I don't know how many version how many versions are up to. But here's the thing. You know what's so funny? You bring it up. You're like, uh, the reason that we switched is because we're working on a project as a group and someone switched so we all ended up having to switch uh the funny thing about it is that they're rolling out with this new version or maybe they already started i don't know but this is the first i've really heard about it read about it a little in depth is the they're kind of um what's it kind of so you can work in teams together what's it called premiere pro uh Productions, uh, team, team projects. Is, oh, yeah, I think it's called Premiere Pro Productions or something. I, like I, that. I, so we still haven't experimented with any of that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's supposed to kind of replicate more of. I don't want to say an Avid workflow, but like Avid is kind of fam- infamous for being able to have a lot of editors on a single project, and it yeah. works pretty seamlessly. And I feel like Adobe is pretty bad at that. Like yeah. it's great at linking to its own apps, but. I don't know the the way that we typically work in projects. Uh, like we'll duplicate each other's projects and be working on different sequences at the same time, and then we'll like import a sequence yeah. into that into our project, and it it's just a little bit clunky because it is y- it is super clunky. Yeah, honestly, but y- you end up with like extra sh- crap to organize. Even even if you already have that stuff in your project, sometimes it'll import duplicate media, and I feel like the thing with premiere though is like yeah like it it doesn't have a you know widely utilized solution yet for team post-production workflow yeah um for for projects with multiple editors so like we do what we can you know hopefully this solution works maybe we'll try it on something in the future but um you know to be frank i guess we don't really have that many projects to come across where we would need it this one that we were doing with major league soccer the world cup qualifiers yeah that we we could have actually used it for that yeah. would have been like really nice. We're two months but, into it. We've had I'd say about five editors on yeah. it, including ourselves. I think so. It's yeah, pretty... it's uh it's it's been a a great show of teamwork. It has actually 
been impressive. I don't know. I, I, I think that's the project I'm most proud of this year so far. I'd say so. I mean, it's just the episode we're on, we're on like the fifth episode at this point. And I think someone else did a, a string out and selects. Then it came to me and I did like version, a really rough V1. And then mm-hmm. it went to you and you like fleshed out the story. And then it went to a, th- a fourth editor mm-hmm. and now it's that, it's all the way back to me now. Right, and that fourth editor touched up music and, and did B-roll and kind of created little scenes and stuff. And then, yeah, I think it went back to you. Yeah, yeah. so I, I feel like it, it's really been a, a display of our capabilities and how yeah. we're all on the same page as a team. It's a, t- it's a teamwork thing, man. But that's kind of the thing, right? When you, this is for anyone who is, you know, kind of newer to the post-production industry, that right there being able to fit into a team yeah. structure is kind of it's one of the most important things like if you can slot into a team seamlessly and keep everything flowing then you're probably going to be hired again yeah if you yeah. hop in and don't listen and fuck up the flow then it doesn't matter how good of an editor you are they probably do not want you back yeah and and we've touched on this briefly before but like the biggest issues we've had with freelancers is like not following directions and not i hate to say it but obeying the workflow like yeah the problem is is that like we have it set up this way for a very specific reason and when when you go outside of that and use your typical workflow Mm -hmm. That messes up everything down the everything line, and, and, and we we literally lose days readjusting it to yeah. how we do things. It's and like when you uh, like if you're trying to throw uh, a, a ball into a hoop, right? If you're slam dunking the ball, you can really hold it at any degree, at any angle. But if you're throwing a full court shot and you mess it by miss it by one degree, it's gonna go way far away you know or yeah, like when you're shooting an arrow it cascades you know? it cascades it multiplies it's a it's a 2x 3x multiplier 420x multiplier <laughs> um chris uh you have been getting hit up left and right by people trying to sell you stuff do you have somehow become the de facto shishkin productions email that people go to to try to <laughs> sell you new technology and uh stuff like that yeah so it's interesting ever since i i switched uh my title from senior editor to head of post production which like realistically not much of my responsibilities have changed like maybe a little bit here and there but just changing that on my linkedin i'm assuming is where everyone's getting my email address cuz they're 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 <laughs> contacting me on my work email address ta- asking me about my AV workflow about about the music <laughs> libraries I use like so there's this <laughs> so universal production music reached out to me and they were actually really cool they're the only ones who I've kind of given the time of day yeah um because it's just sometimes it's good to know yeah. what they're offering and also they're related to what we're doing exactly exactly that's a, that's a music library that we might actually need at some point there's this one guy david blutenthal which yeah i'll I'll name drop oh my god he's emailed me three times and it's it's weird he he started out saying i noticed on linkedin your head of post-production looks like you've been doing top-notch work particularly love the nhl stuff and the real killer who doesn't love a good bill murray clip so it's like he watched he watched it i i gotta give him props for that he actually did some research on me but then like he he i didn't respond to him for a few days and he said hey just following up briefly and then he emailed a third time a couple days later 
saying, hey, circling back here, something something you'd like to learn more about for supercharging your AV editing workflow and cre- creativity. And I'm like, first of all, supercharging, I that's not something I want to do. Like if you're trying to supercharge something, you're you're selling me something that you don't believe in probably yeah. or yeah. like or I just don't need. Like you you haven't told me what the what? product is. He yep. says that he's he gave the name. He said, I'm with Audio Design Desk, which is quickly becoming the secret weapon of AV editors, designers, and artists. Secret weapon? It's true. It I doesn't mean, tell you anything. It doesn't tell me it anything. Is. And he, he, you know, he wants the opportunity to chat for 10 or 15 minutes. That's like... N- chat about what? Tell, yeah. me, tell me first T- what this even is. Yeah, right? like, I, I hate the foot in the door bullshit. You know, that's what sucks. I mean, that's sales. That He probably just ha- has to do it. You know what I mean? That's, uh, I don't know. I guess there's different sales tactics, but... I could never be a salesman. I guess in a way I kind of am a salesman for the fucking company, but like I couldn't like go out and out having to do cold sales on a a product, I guess. Like for us we're selling a service, so it's yeah, a little bit easier. And- but but it's weird because like it seems like he did a very very uh superficial research into us, watched the reel and then just like kept pushing for this. But I looked into it on my own and it just really isn't for us. It's more of an enterprise solution and not what we're doing. And I mean, even with Universal Production Music, I told them in the email, I said, yeah, we can do a, a, you know, 15 minute chat, but this probably isn't for us because the vendors we work with already have libraries and we're happy with our library solutions. We don't, we don't need this giant enterprise. We don't need to spend $800 per license. That's just not the kind of work that we're doing. Um, but they, you know, it was great tonight. Well, great to work with. Uh, great to talk to them. That was great. Today, I got another one <laughs> from An- uh, someone named Andrew Wise. Uh, and he says, hey, Chris, commercial production spaces are expensive. That's why we created the Capture Studio, an influencer cur- curated space perfect for photo and video shoots, half the cost of commercial space. He tells us what some of the clients have so been. So it's just like a, it's like a, can, it's like a studio. Yeah. Can I send you a tour of the space? And it's like, did you even do you understand what we do? We don't do production. Yeah, like yeah. we're strictly post production. Basically, that's casting a wide net, though, right? Yeah, I mean, that's just trying to figure out, like, yeah, if you're even tangentially related, like, who knows? You know what I mean? So, and now look, he got a shout out on the podcast. He got a shout out. Yeah, someone's gonna go look that shit up. So here, here's what I'll say. I I'm not offended at any of it. I understand that these people are just trying to do their jobs, and you know, a couple of them are clearly just working hard, but. How come everyone's trying to sell me something and no one's ever bringing me work? <laughs> no one wants my to reel work. is on there. Like all of my work is on there. Well, what? No one says, "Hey, I love your editing. We have some jobs for you." You know what's funny? It's because the jobs go to either my email or Amy's or a different email. The uh, the uh, I guess it would be. Yeah, you know, it was just accounts. Yeah. But they go to <laughs> we accounts. Got too many emails. Accounts at Shishkin Productions or hello at Shishkin Productions is where all the work stuff goes. Yours is where all of the uh let me sell you something stuff goes. Yeah, it's it's interesting how like maybe it's because on the website we say if you want to sell us some bullshit, hit up Chris <laughs> <laughs> at Shishkin Productions. <laughs> it's just interesting how like a title like that will it it kind of narrows you down as someone who's specifically in charge of like for that. A- AV workflow and stuff like that. And I guess, I guess I am in a way, but that's not, re- I'm more of a like supervising editors yeah. kind of. Well, that's why titles are important. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I like when Vince was making, I remember when Vince was making his reel or, or when I want to ask him what he wanted on his card. He was like, or like what to put on. I don't even know if he puts it on LinkedIn, but like 
he said assistant editor. And I was like, I'm not putting assistant editor. Yeah. First of all, you're not an assistant editor. Like, and you, no offense, but are not a good assistant editor. Like, that's just literally knowing the computer and the programs and everything about the codex and everything about frame rates and workflow and mm-hmm. all of that. It's like the exact opposite of what Vince likes to do. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, we're going to put like producer, but maybe something like creative producer is like your title and not assistant editor. That's not correct at all. And so it's like, if you, it just goes to show how much a title really means, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. It, it's, it seems superficial, but it really does say something. And I, I will say when I was listed as senior editor, I didn't get any jobs from that either. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> um, look, uh, before we get into this next segment, let's just tee it up real quick. Uh, and then I'm going to get the hell out of here and go to the airport. Yeah. Um, we are about to have a little chat with uh, an actor friend of ours, Tyler Ross. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we went to high school with Tyler and, you know, he was he's in New York for a minute. Just yeah. uh, he, he has an audition, I think. Yeah, I he, had, he had an audition that he was taping for as well. Uh, you'll find out more in the next segment. It's, yeah, it's, I don't want to give it all away, but uh, yeah, we've known Tyler for a long time. For uh, at this point, what like twelve years? Oh, like yeah, no, like fifteen, 15 years. Fifteen years, yeah, yeah, fifteen years. So he, um, in a nutshell, he got into acting uh, as a kid. He acted in Florida and Jacksonville. Then he acted in Chicago. Then LA and um, now he's driving around the country I think van life or something like that yeah, I don't know. yeah. we'll see but um, yeah stick around just uh, give it like a minute while you hear this little message about some sort of thing and then uh, we'll be right back Look, we've been doing this show for a while, and Wandering Barman... Wandering Barman? They are one of our premier sponsors. They're a sponsor? Yeah, they're the best. They make the most delicious cocktails, and they're pre-made. Wait, pre-made cocktails? I can just drink it? I don't have to make a cocktail? That's right, but it gets even better. They just opened their cocktail brasserie here in Brooklyn. That sounds fancy. It's pretty fancy, but it's also mad affordable. Their happy hour from 5 to 7, $5 cocktails. So if you want an old-fashioned, guess how much it is? Uh, $5? If you want a margarita, guess how much it is? Mm. $5. And if you want a Diet Pepsi? I don't think they have those. They don't have those, unfortunately. Aww. But you should check out Wandering Barman's Cocktail Brasserie at 315 Meserol Street in Brooklyn. Go for happy hour, 5 to 7. They're open every day. Wandering Barman, woo! Welcome back, Sizzlers. I'm sure that was a riveting first half. As, as promised, we have a very special guest coming all the way I was going to say from Los Angeles, but I think he's part of the van life crew now. Now he's just living out of his car because capitalism will do that to you. Oh, shit. Yeah, here he is. He's uh, the one and only. He wanted us to bring him in cold. So we're bringing him in super cold. Tyler Ross. Um, I was I don't even know what to tell you for an intro. He's an actor. He's That's an actor. He's an actor. We, we went to high school with Tyler. He's acting mad quiet right now. He refuses to talk. Which is a uh, pretty. Cool. Is he coming in? I, I've been. He is coming. Is he coming in? He yeah, he's in? coming in today. Yeah, he's, he's going to be here. Soon. Are you excited to yeah. talk to him? I, well, I'm just an. I'm just an. I'm just the announcer. I'm like, here, here, here. ladies and gentlemen, Tyler Ross. Woo, Tyler hey, Ross. Yeah. Hey, welcome, welcome. We have Tyler Ross on the pod today. Yeah. Um, Tyler. That was me. I introduced myself. Wow, that, that right there wow. is the some du- next level shit. The yeah. double intro. I, I, double I know intro. you. Wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to tell if I didn't say anything. It's very meta because this is audio only, so you yeah. couldn't see that I was sitting here the whole time. Super meta. I never met an audio I didn't like. Wow. Um. Tyler, welcome to the pod. You are here Thank from you, 3,000 plus miles away. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And you you're a, you are about to dip early, you told us, because you have to go read a script. You've I got do. an audition for the first time uh, in millions of years. Yeah. Script dip. I've got an audition that I have not learned yet, and it's due yeah. tomorrow, which is, yeah, that's usually how it goes. But that's the best way. Yeah. Because then you're getting, like, your real raw, you don't get a chance to overthink it, you know what I mean? No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm excited for it. So give us a quick little backstory, like, how Please. did you get into acting and stuff? You So, so the people know, I mean... This might be a, a pretty, you know, watered down take of uh, your career so far. But I feel like the to me, what was the biggest thing you did was uh, the killing. You were. Um, yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, that was like a six episode arc. Uh, I mean, it was a six, ep- six episode season. So that that had something to do with the, the length of the arc. But yeah, I mean, that was cool. It was a, it was a lead role in a, in a season of a sh- of a Netflix show right when Netflix was coming out with its own shows and. And it was um, it was a great role, and yeah, that might be what you know me from. But again, that was like it was like six. That's what I'm saying. At least six it's, years it's, ago. That's what I'm saying. My take. Wait, are the longer. killing has been six years. At already? least yeah. might have been more. Yeah. Holy crap! I know, isn't that weird? So maybe give the people a quick little intro on how you got to that point, and sure. then what you've been doing since then. Sure. Uh, let's see. Well, I did I did some high school theater and middle school theater, and technically I was I started like doing church theater and element, you know, like when yeah. I was in elementary school. But I didn't take it seriously till I. You know, like in high school, and then I got into theater and in, in college, and I was doing stuff in Chicago. Well, let's not just gloss over it. The high school theater, yeah. that's how the three of us met. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I was hoping you yeah. would interject. You, you yeah. acted in some of the first stuff that we ever wrote. So, yeah, we, yeah, it was crazy. I came in today to see you guys and was like, hey, oh my God, do you guys remember when you wrote this play and I was in it in high school? And now here you are working together still. It's yeah. amazing. So, so once yeah. upon a time, uh, Alexi and Tyler were in a, in a theater class together, basically, or they did theater together. Yep. And Alexi really wanted to write a play. And every year the school would put on one X. Wait, you wrote this play for me? No. Well, no, no. But like, kind of, uh, okay. sort of. Like, Wait, really? I could have sworn that I didn't really know you until you wrote the play and cast me in it. That's probably true. I, oh, Alexi okay, okay. wanted to write a play. Okay. Yeah, and then and you he brought were just me like in. an actor. Yeah, I just happened to get the role. Yeah. Right, right, well, right. look, either way, that's how <laughs> I met you. I, don't, oh, yeah, I yeah. assumed you guys knew each other. Anyway, um, Alexi yeah. was like, let's write this fucking play. And yeah. I was like, okay, let's write a play. We wrote a play called Benched. It was kind of like that's a right. uh, yeah. absurdist type yeah. play, like a yeah. w- waiting for Godot, but... Yeah. Dumber, yeah, uh, and, and all just like bodily, like just bottle e. I mean, b o t t l e dash y. <laughs> like it was like a little bottle episode, basically, yeah, yeah. just on stage, and then shit happens in the audience off stage. So the play kind of, kind of breaks the fourth wall in many ways. Well, anyway, uh, that play is basically how me and Alexi like originally started to do creative stuff together right. and here we are 15 or 20 years later yeah. running a business together We're doing no creative stuff at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> doing following, following purely client corporate. notes following client notes and doing dumb shit um no offense and, and tyler had the lead role in that play right one of i, I had a co-lead let's well, not forget connor sure. connor, connor was, that um, shout out to connor so that was Con- connor facetimed me on accident today he like butt dialed <laughs> me that's dope. Those are the best That's calls. Great. Yeah. Like, oh. All four interact. Well, it, I haven't, you know. It's always great when uh, you get a call and you're like, oh, I haven't talked to them in so long. Oh, and shit. Then, Coffee Boy's here. Hey, oh, hey so Coffee Boy, Dan, come on in. Bring, bring it on in. Um, when they go, Thank oh, you. You haven't talk- I haven't talked to them in so long. And then you pick up and like, Thank you. hello, hello. And no one's picking up. And you're like, oh, yeah, I, you didn't mean to. It's just because you got a. Uh, you, you, my name starts with an A. Yeah. So well, it's because it, we had texted the other day. Like he texted me out of the blue. And then. 
Look, so that was theater uh, in in Florida. From there, it took you to Chicago, to DePaul. You did some theater there. And you actually got really involved in the theater scene in Chicago. You were doing shows at Steppenwolf and stuff like that. Am I right? I I wish. I never did Steppenwolf. I mean, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. You know, I claim that you did and it'll get Um, you further. (laughs) I worked with the Goodman a little bit, you know, which is the other big theater out there. And I have a lot of friends who worked at Steppenwolf and who are part of the ensemble. So that was cool. Yeah. But yeah, I did some theater out there. I didn't end up finishing uh, DePaul. I don't know if anybody yeah. knows this. I'm officially a college dropout. Yeah. Hey, me too. Let's Col- go. College yeah. is overrated. Um, yeah. I, I, I ended up getting, they had a, you know, they had a cut program. They would only take like of all these thousands of kids that audition every year. They would take like 52 incoming freshmen. And after the first year, I mean, in their acting program. And after the first year, they would cut half of them and then, keep 26 for the following three years mm-hmm. and yeah and they've gotten rid of the cut since but I, I ended up getting cut that year along with a couple other great people one of which is my buddy who's now ended up going to you know Yale for acting and is now like you know he's performed at seven movie you know gone on oh, there a, you a go. very wonderful career so yeah. good people got cut is the moral of the story yeah. and did he, um, did he become a purple crayon did he I don't know. No, I'm but I have curious. a friend who was a Purple Crayon. Who also was went it to Ned? Ned? It was Ned. Yeah. yeah. He was in the Purple Crayon. from the Try Guys. Yeah, he's now the Try Guys. Yeah, he was we, my so first roommate in Chicago, by the way. Really? Yeah. He, one of the Try Guys, what was his name? I forget. Some weird looking oh, dude. He was the, one. The he was the, in yeah. one of those shows that we edited last summer or whatever. Mm-hmm. But everyone kind of comes together at the end. You know, everyone works. It like is that. is funny that way. And what's uh, also funny is Ned also wrote a one act for the same festival that you guys wrote a one act for oh, the, act the year before that. that I was also in. I, I went to school with Ned's <laughs> sister. Oh my god! So many so Ned, many so connections. Many connections. So I didn't many know he had a sister. Yeah. How about that? Everyone's got yeah. a lot of people have sisters. That's cool. I didn't know. Weird. I don't have one. You know, I guess I have a sister in law now, and I. I also wow. have a stepsister. Oh, um, yes. Wow, that's so. My cool. My nephew will Thrilling soon have shit. a sister in December. Wow, interesting. Anyway, um, I that is really big stuff, big news. Um, look, I here's think one we thing. should focus on that for the uh, rest yeah, of the part. Let's talk about it. So, um, okay. you got done with Chicago, like meaning you got burnt out on it or something. I'm assuming. No, no, you no, came no. To LA. What happened? No, no, no. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, get your story straight. <laughs> I, got, I have a story. You said, I, "Hey, this I, is this I, is the man." I, who said, "Let's just jump in." I said, yeah, "Okay, I, bring great. me in cold for the for the, the listeners." The quickest way to get me ask, to tell a story is to tell it incorrectly. I will cut you off, run you over, and retell. <laughs> for the listeners, before we started this segment, I literally said, "Tyler, what do you want us to talk about? Should I like come up with something?" And he goes, "Bring me in cold." All right, yeah. Great. We're in cold. It's funny. This segment sucks. Here we go. No, dude, this is a great segment. <laughs> yeah, Don't discount. The energy's great. He's yeah. gonna be the only person who listens to it. Oh my god! Over and over again. Are you kidding me? <laughs> over and over again. And I. And it's funny because I when I came in today, I was confused about what we were even shooting. I know you were saying podcast. For some reason, I thought we were just shooting another YouTube episode of mm-hmm. that of that solo dolo. The uh, work from home vlog. Work from home vlog, yeah. which I also did earlier. So I thought I was like coming back for a different appearance like, right. later. Anyway, and then I like walked in and we're recording and then Chris sits down and I'm like, wait a minute, we're doing something else. Yeah, we're doing this. <laughs> so, right. And now, yeah. now that was like five minutes ago. To be fair, I so, just, just, just ignore that black no, 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 caption no, no, in the no. background. I like, I like the post. Anyway. <laughs> I texted him last night and said, do you want to be on the podcast? That's all I said. So I, I literally didn't say anything else. So of course I was like, yes. Um, all right. So you hated okay. Chicago. You said, I, Fuck this I place. hated Chicago so much. You got arrested for stealing I, a steak or something like that. Wait, what? I did. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, steal something and was fired. I remember that. This would be a fun story. But anyway, so no, I, I, yeah, I had a brief theft phase when I was like really <laughs> irresponsible. <laughs> but I'll tell you about it. Um, and I was working at a bank at a time, which was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Like, working so at a you bank. stole from a bank. I okay. So the bank was located in a grocery store. <laughs> 
<laughs> True story. And I stole, um, I was stealing chicken tenders from the deli and vitamin waters. I'm, I'm okay with the chicken that tenders. That is fucking hilarious. I was pretty much living off of a credit card. Okay? Yeah, like yeah. I wasn't making enough to live off of, but um, so I was like cutting costs by stealing lunch. Another capitalism success story. <laughs> yeah. Eventually they caught me and had to fire me. Yeah. It was funny as the other employees did not want to fire me. Yeah. But they had to because, like, you can't work at a bank and get caught stealing and not get fired. Yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> that's fair. They got a call places. from, like, the higher-ups. I'm like, you've literally got to send him home immediately. Yeah. I don't know why you're even and considering then, getting And then home. they ran you out of town to LA. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, you're close. Oh, okay. But actually, I, I didn't at all hate Chicago, and that's not what happened at all. But you are close. <laughs> so I, I love Chicago. Um, I, I was in, I was there and Tyler Chicago through and through his blood is 30% I got I got a surprise for you by the end of this Steps on my should joke. I tell you the surprise now? I'm joke. sorry so my your blood. blood's 30% malort um oh malort yeah, that's, I th- sorry I thought you were gonna say something else. no no that's for uh that's for my Chicago fans out there um what were you gonna say you and my wife bring up malort all the time my wife um, by the way it's gonna be really hard for you to keep me on track dude uh, speaking of Chicago, <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> Chicago okay, okay, okay. that's how we ended the play that we wrote, it ended with Saturday in the Park. Oh, that's true. There was, yeah, Chicago was playing. That's true. And all that It was jazz. Destiny. And all that jazz. I wonder um, if you somehow was like, you were kind of writing my future. That's no. exactly, yeah. Uh, no. I, that's uh, the story <laughs> of how I ended up in Chicago. Yeah, well, let's, I let's did try this to, play and you, oh, sorry. I can, I do try to keep steering it to LA, but if you want to talk about shit from 15 I, no, years I'm ago, sorry. please go for it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm it. sorry. No, I can bring us right back. Let's I can really get it. Right, right, okay. right, right back. So no, I was at DePaul. It. I only did one year because I got cut. And then I went back to Florida for a year and I was miserable. I thought about what am I going to do? What am I going to yeah. do? Do I want to go back to, you know? And then I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm skipping a few details, but eventually one year later, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to move to Chicago. I'm going to learn how to act by watching plays. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then I'm going to move to L.A. two years later. And if something goes horribly, horribly wrong, sure, I'll go back to school. But that never, excuse me, that never happened. Mm-hmm. So, OK, so I go back to Chicago and with them, I did the, like the stuff that eventually ended up like the Goodman and things like that. Right. And um, and I was doing some film and, and TV out there. And at a certain point, a manager who had started an actor in LA. He's with, he, he founded a uh, foundation talent management now, mm-hmm. but at the time he was with someone else and he came to Chicago looking for young talent uh, to sign them. Huh. And he, uh, he was talking to my agent at the time about a different client of hers. And she was like, Hey, you got to check out me. Tyler right. Ross. So. Yeah. And um, that's me, by the way, I'm the announcer guy. Someone who announced <laughs> myself. That's still me. I'm Tyler. Yeah. So he checked me out. And so I, um, I, he was like, listen, do you, are you thinking about going to LA? And I was like, yeah, I've heard you need to be like invited though. Is that what you're doing? And he was like, yeah, like, yeah, let's say, when do you want to go? And I was like, uh, how's as soon as this play I'm in wraps up in a month. And so yep. he was like, sounds good. So I moved out there and it was cool. Is like the week I got there, I had like two auditions and one of them I booked and later that film that I booked went on to play at Sundance. And I was like named one of like top five actors to watch there you go. deadline. It was, it so was, it was a very it was lucky a, break. A good decision. Yeah, I think so. It made sense. It just made sense. And it really worked out. It was for the timing. You know, I always looked younger than I was. And like I was over 18, could play younger than 18, which I'm not going to go into why that is cool right. in the industry, but it yeah. makes, it makes a difference. And then, um, so it was just like an economic move. But when I got there, I was pretty depressed for a minute Yeah, because even though I was working, it was like, I just spent two and a half years back in Chicago, like building up my friendships and my community, which is a very nurturing community in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then to get to LA and then to have 
it's not such a nurturing community if you don't know anyone and you're not really like not to mention that it's like that specific industry yeah. like yeah. it's cutthroat in it's chicago so you cutthroat. probably have like it's more like you know everyone is working hard and like yeah maybe it's it is just as cutthroat there or something but you're yeah like you said there's that community and everyone is like mm -hmm. is, is into it and a lot of people probably do it for the art i feel mm -hmm. like in la mm -hmm. a lot of people are out here just like fighting tooth and nail to like sure. to get discovered well and in, in chicago you were doing theater at the time right and i did when, yeah all of them and then when you went to la you were focusing on, on film, film tv i'd say yeah. those are kind of different uh communities they, the theater yeah. community tends to be a lot more supportive i think right, right possibly right. i mean I, I don't know this community there's theater out here in new york but i can't speak to the community too much i mean i, know I, don't, I don't know much about it myself i uh, i stick to the world of making shitty corporate videos <laughs> the, i will tell you in chicago a cool life. thing that was like at the end of an audition like i remember doing this once and it was, it's indicative of what you guys are talking about where i was like you know i'm not right i'm not i wasn't great for this guy's right but listen i know this other actor you should definitely see mm -hmm. like that's a chicago audition you know what i mean like yeah. you would never see that in la you know what i mean right. so anyway i got out there there was this one guy that I lived with when I first got there, hmm. and he was Russian and pretty chill, but so pretty always cool. in a hurry. But also got there before me, yeah. and honestly, he, he helped me out. He helped me out. You might know him. <laughs> you might know him. His name is Alexi Shishkin. Oh, oh I know Alexi. No, no, yeah, I yeah. didn't even really help you out. You just needed a place to stay. It was this guy, guys. It was um, the, the other voice you hear, not Chris or, or the announcer, but the other. Uh, that's, yeah, he he okay, needs to announce me. himself first. Oh, it's me. Uh, look, my, here's, this is my point. I didn't really help you. I just gave you a place to stay. I that was like that happens a lot. Like that was everyone, very helpful. You know, fuck. You remember? That Hunter, sounds like listen, helping. Dude. I have Hunter had, Faustino. Hunter Faustino yeah. is the reason I live here because he gave me a place to stay when yeah. I needed to find a job. Um, but look, so far more issues in LA of people trying to kick me out than invite me in. Well, let's talk about about the business side of things, okay. though. So right. in LA, you were how frequently were you getting roles? And you know, you sure. said you just said that the audition that you have today yeah. is one is the first one in a long time yeah. like so yeah. tell me about about LA sure. and how those roles came and went and what sure. happened well in the beginning and by the beginning i mean the first couple of years it was like yeah i mean it was awesome i was getting auditions all the time yeah. i mean i'm talking there was i remember one week during pilot season i had like you know i'd have like 3 auditions a day sometimes and it would only take about 3 or 4 of those kinds of days not yeah. even i think like one year it was like about five auditions deep in pilot season, which is like a day and a half, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like boom, boom, boom. I was getting like, you know, produced callbacks and then I was pretty quickly like testing and booking. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And I Why? Did, do you think it's because you were new blood and they hadn't seen you before? Or do you think it's because... I think, it's, yeah, I think it's a couple of things. I think it's a lot. I yeah. think, first of all, I was in demand. I was a straight white guy in 2013 who looked young, but was older, who was smart, brand new you know, young blood, like young raw talent, you know, right out mm -hmm. of Chicago made me kind of sexy, which mm -hmm. it wasn't like some dude had been around, you know, and like, and That's I had a running first time that phrase has ever been uttered in history. <laughs> Chicago made me kind of sexy. It did. Usually it makes you overweight. You know what I mean? Yeah. People be eating potatoes the out pizza. here. And shit. Yeah. But it was as in LA, if it's not, if there's something like kind of, you got to have something that makes it sexy. Right. Yeah, you know no, what I mean? No. And that you and pop. the eyes of LA kind of made me sexy. Mm -hmm. So that wore off pretty quickly. But for the first few years, like and I was building momentum really quickly mm -hmm. and it kind of culminated with um, one year I booked the lead in an HBO comedy, a half hour comedy that Fincher was directing and producing. I remember that. And uh, that was kind of like 
I was kind of like peaking right then because ultimately I got replaced on the show right before it started shooting. Um, And then the whole show got canned even after they'd shot about six episodes because I was kind of dating one of the other girls on the show at the time. So she kind of kept me in the loop about what was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was... uh, that was kind of crazy because then everyone would be like, what happened with that? Or they hadn't heard about it. Right. And all you can really say is like, I don't really know, you know, but you would say like, <laughs> yeah. just like there were creative differences or something, you know, whatever. So, but after that, for whatever reason, I did jump back on the horse right away and do mm-hmm. another feature, but it wasn't like a super artistically fulfilling project. Right. And, and then I don't know, it just seemed like I, I for whatever reason, it was like auditions started slowing down and like the ones that came in, I just wasn't giving a stronger performance. Now I think a lot of that had to do with me kind of learning to grow up, kind yeah. of grow out of these younger roles and that, mm-hmm. and just grow up as a person. Yeah. But I will tell you when you don't work as much, I, I've managed to work here and there, do a, a, a couple roles a year, mostly on smaller stuff since then. I did a, a couple of films, like indie films and things like that. Yeah. But then it just started slowing down, slowing down. And now- You did you did a 24 movie, right? I the, did the do lovers, that. Is that the Lovers. The Lovers, yeah. yeah. And that was cool. That was like, a, that was pretty, that was a really cool experience. Yeah. You know, it was, a, it was just a really short shoot for me. I was actually only on set for like five days, mm-hmm. even though yeah. I'm in a third of the movie, you know yeah. what I mean? But um, it was a fulfilling project and it was a great company. You know, it was awesome actors. I worked with Tracy Letts as well mm-hmm. in that, who was a Steppenwolf guy. And um, so I, I did that and that was sort of like in that sort of decline I'm talking about where right. like there was some, they started slowing down and I'm also getting older. So I'm aging into a new different roles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I didn't quite know how to like present myself. I'm still getting used to like how to use an adult body as opposed to like this wiry teenage <laughs> kind of kid. Gold, yeah. Chicken looking chicken frame. Right. And how to neck. rebrand myself. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I don't know how to do all that. And I, and, and I also, I was learning how to manage money and how to survive in LA and things like that. And I, I, I used to think like, once you did a few big jobs and you got paid a lot, like, okay, good. You're just going to keep doing that forever. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, you got to make that stretch. Mm-hmm. And then you got to learn how to use money to make money and things like that. Right. You don't have to, but I started to. Yeah. So I'm actually really excited for this new wave. Cause even though auditions have slowed way down and the last thing I worked on was like just before the pandemic hit. So it's yeah. been what? Almost, uh, it's over. Well, a year also, and a good half. luck getting work while the pandemic is going on. That seems like yeah. it's hard as yeah, fuck. Also, impossible. You were here. Up again. You were here like two years, two years ago. ago. Yeah, what that was, was that my for? last job. Yeah. I was FBI Most Wanted. I was. Uh, <sighs> That's the one I was thinking. I was of. yeah. And that one, listen, I just rewatched that. From, I showed my uncle. He had never seen it, and I was just staying with him in in Jersey. And um, it's it's not bad. I was like, yeah, All right, okay, cool. You know, and it kind of gives you a glimpse of like these older roles I could be playing. I, I was thinking about that um, the other day because when so I uh, Joe and Anna was in town and we were out drinking and then I we uh, drunkenly called you and um, <laughs> oh yeah that is yeah. I, after we got off the phone I was like man you know I'm interested to see where your career goes in the future because. Sure. You know, acting, it's not like it's not like being an athlete. It's not like you yep. you play sports when you're 20 and then that's it. You're done and you have to do something else. Mm-hmm. Right. With acting, it's a, it's like a musician. Right? It's career. Right. So yeah. in your 20s, you're one person. In your 30s, you're a different person. In your mm-hmm. 40s, you're a different person. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be there for different roles. Yeah. So I'm actually really interested to see, you know, where they go. I'm, well, I'm excited. I mean, we started doing the rebranding. I just did new headshots right before I left L.A. in like April, May. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give the listeners a quick like update, I ended up getting um, married and like leaving all of my stuff and all and ending my lease. And we like bought a truck and a camper and decided to hit the country, mm-hmm. hit the road for a year. Um, and, uh, and has that been that's probably not actually been very uh, 
disturbing or jarring in terms of recording uh, uh, auditions because you can self-tape everything. Right? Exactly. And the pandemic really changed the way the industry's done. Yeah. And I think even after it's kind of over, people have started, because the industry has been forced to change, they're going to kind of be used to it. You can really be anywhere. And because you can be anywhere, which remember the only reason, the main reason I moved to LA in the first place is so that I could be there. Right. Now there's not as much of a need to be there. So I hope like, you know, this doesn't like impact the way the casting directors look at me, but I'm certainly not making it totally public except for on this podcast but i will share with you that my new plan is to have a home in la new york and chicago that's the dream i'm literally telling everyone this is a secret don't put this on the internet i'm (laughs) telling everyone i'm local so that's if a cast nifter asks yeah. where I am, tell them I'm there. I'm but literally are, there. But you are local. I am local. You know, quote, I'm putting finger quotes. Can, can I say it? But, but you are local, dude. Because yeah. like, that's the thing is if when you uh, when you, you have people in all those places, I feel like you are and local. And when you've yeah. been there enough yeah. and you know it. Yeah. I mean, I've told this story on the pod before. Mm-hmm. My first job to get to New York, yeah. uh, I put a fake address on my resume. Yeah. That was a Brooklyn address. I didn't live yeah. here. I lived in fucking Oregon. Right. But I put a fake address because... If you're they not seem to matter, in yeah. Oregon, if yeah. you're not in New York, they're not going to fucking look at it. Right, right. So right. it's like, why don't you look and see if I'm a fit first? Mm-hmm. And if I'm a fit, I'm in New York, baby. Yeah. I'm there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think so, until people start to realize that it doesn't matter, I'm going to have to like kind of play that game. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I am playing it. And and I just made the decision like a couple of days ago that Diane and I, Diane, my wife, we're going to, my wife. yeah, my wife, we're going to pick a, <laughs> a home base in Chicago, actually, nice. next. Nice. So, so we're kind of moving, but not really, because as soon as I get there, the next thing we'll be looking at is how to acquire a home in LA in as LA. well. Yeah, so I'm going to yeah, have yeah. a home in both. So that's the next move. And um, and while we're there, it's going to be a lot easier to do theater, which I never could really. That's going to be dope. I feel yeah. like there's going to be a, a, a resurgence in your yes. mental of yes. love yes. for performance. Absolutely. You're gonna, Way more inspiring. One, coming back yeah. from the pandemic, being yeah. able to finally do stuff. Two, again, just the atmosphere in Chicago yes. is, yeah, like inspiring is a great word. It's more, it makes you want to go perform more. Yes. You know what I mean? And getting to see live theater there, yeah. you're much more inspired. Where I saw a lot of really bad performances in yeah. LA. You know, yeah. you just yeah. get used to it. So it's going to be great to surround myself with that. And it, it just makes sense. It makes sense in the way that it made sense to go to LA when I did. Now it makes sense to go back to Chicago and we're yeah. going to do theater. I'll still be doing film and television and I'll still be auditioning. Um, you know, and just move to LA or fly to LA when I need to. And right. um, until I have a second home there and can sort of do both. So what uh, you were talking about your rebrand, what kind of roles are you trying to rebrand toward? Are you allowed to say anything about it? Sure. Or? Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly more adult. Like I need people to get that. I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to play high school yeah. or maybe even college roles as often anymore. You mm. know what I mean? Like I'm getting, I'm getting older. My body is changing. I've like, I've definitely have a much more like regimented, like workout. You know what I mean? Not, mm-hmm. not like super strict, but it's like, you know, like you can just, you can tell and it shows on screen, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then there's the, the kinds of roles that I'm playing. Um, I, they're just shifting to a little bit more sophisticated. Now, the auditions that I'm mostly getting tend to be what people think I can do based on what I did. And that's never going to go away, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you kind of have to combat. So yep. I'm still getting these kind of like people who were like, who at, at some point, because of the killing especially, went off the deep end and like killed some people, either intentionally or not, whatever, right. you know? So like the FBI Most Wanted role, it was like I played a, a cop who like uh, got his mind a little twisted and he started killing other cops as mm-hmm. a way to like justify, get, like get 
re- re- avenge something that happened. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And then this audition that I'm getting ready to audition for is a character who is a serial killer and needs, um, he wants to be cured of it. So he like kidnaps a therapist basically. Wow. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I, I don't know if I can tell you guys this. Is no, not that's really okay. Case, but um, I'm not going to tell you what it is. But okay, I mean, yeah, don't tell. Because yeah. like literally, yeah. I'm not, I'm not literally not cutting anything that's fine. out. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to So Tyler's yeah, yeah. manager, if you hear this, sorry, dude. He's not going to care. It's, or, the, yeah. it's the casting that I get in trouble with. You know, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> casting but, people. Yeah, yeah. All of this so, is out there. So, so now you're getting typecast in the serial killer role? Yeah, people <laughs> want to put me in that. Exactly. Like the crazy, the serial killer. And I'm like, well, that's cool. But there is more to me than that. I think what I tend to play is still like vulnerable, you know, because it's just like me. But it's like the more yeah. I can get myself out, like just who I naturally am out mm-hmm. there, the more um, I think people are going to see fits for what the characters I could play on. Right, right, right. And so. Well, get, not like like we said, that yeah. stuff always is going to evolve. Like yeah, in five yeah, years, yeah. it's going to be different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like everything think, is always different. And, and because of that, I think the roles that I play are hopefully going to be more settled characters or characters mm-hmm. who still have a lot of energy and are very vulnerable but it's, uh, they're more settled than the roles I have played let's yeah. put it that way you're going to see a little bit more of a progression not so naive you know the characters yeah um yeah it's still a little tough cuz if i if i could shave i still look a little Young. Young. Yeah, right. exactly. And so it's it's gonna take some time. But we took some new photos, you know, we're gonna I don't know I don't know what there is to do. I think a couple of great shows if I did a really cool piece of theater that like went to New York or something and like showcased another side of me mm-hmm. that could that could make a difference too. Yeah, well we'll we'll, we'll keep it in mind. Maybe we'll write something. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, good. I was gonna say Maybe I might I'll we, we like could a, make our own project well, too. I'll, I'll write a I'll write a one man show for you. Mm. <laughs> and we'll, That's we'll, a beast. we'll go through your entire it's a beast, range but I wouldn't actor. honestly I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind learning. You know what I mean? Kind of tight. Yeah, and I, mean, I, I still, I feel like I have so much room to actually still develop and grow as an yeah. actor too, even with all the experience I have. We'll put it off, 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 off. So far off Broadway, it's going <laughs> to oh. be in Queens. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tyler, look, before we go, um, I want to try to tie this back to post-production somehow. So... Uh, you've never really like worked, worked in post-production, but you like directing. You've made your own films back in the day, like mm-hmm. short films and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've been in the edit suite mm-hmm. during uh, the post-production phase mm-hmm. of, of movies. So you want to talk a bit about sure. your experience with post? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, actually, because I was like, how am I going to bring this up? But I did just shoot and produced my first uh, short film in 2020. That's right. Yeah, and um, we're like wrapping up. We shot it and this time last year, so mm-hmm. October of last year, and I didn't expect it to take me this long to work on it, but I was taking a long time. I, you know, I was doing other shit. I was getting married and traveling yeah. and stuff. So, pandemic, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but the edit has been amazing, and I edited it. So I there sat through and worked on the cut and worked on the cut, and um, then I read a book on story that, like, made a lot more sense. What uh, book? It was literally called Story. That's oh, the name of the book. Okay. Yeah, and, um, and it helped me to kind of, because I had some problems with it, and I was like, I can't, I can't fix this. But after reading that, I re-edited pieces of it, and it was, like, working. I was like, yes. Nice. So best. it was, it's amazing. I'm really happy with it. I'll show you guys after this if you want. But. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll wait to the final, final. Probably. Okay, that's yeah, fine. Final, final, final. However you want. Yeah. Final underscore final underscore for real this time. V3. I know. Well, I was, I'll, to answer your question, though, I found that it's so much fun when you're really working on your own shit. When you're working on your own stuff. That's key. Yeah. Trying to take other people's notes or even give notes to other people, which I've had to do, too. Mm-hmm. It's 
tough. It's it's easier when you're literally in the room with them working on something together, like the composer or like the you know, but like the DP trying to give him notes and then with music, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Because if you're sitting with someone and you're trying to talk about music, you can like literally make the noises with your mouth or you can like play what you want on the piano so they sure. see what you mean. Sure. When it comes to sitting with an editor, mm. I personally do not like that. I would rather they send me a cut and I sit on my own and watch it and write out time coded notes for them yeah. because I just know on the other side of yeah. it, that's how I best absorb Absolutely. things. So, you know, I, if, if a producer comes and sits with me, I'm like, and they're like, uh, can you pause it right there and run it back and then play that? And then let's swap that. I'm like, no, no, just give that me the fucking so notes, man. Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how editors take, direction from other i don't know talk, how it talking happens the mic, talking the mic. i'm sorry i don't i don't know how it works for like editors to really take direction i don't know if i could do that even as a director like if i wasn't editing my own stuff i don't know if i'd even want to really direct it i'm like what's the point like so if i did direct it I, and i was I had another editor i would just have to give it to them and now it's theirs i think I don't that know. It, it has to be a very specific relationship like you have to know that person i guess if you just hire a random editor i'm sure not, that's not to say like random editors can't do the job because there's obviously people who've edited, you know, that type of content. They'll probably do a great job. Um, but for me personally, like if I'm going to direct something or shoot something, I'm, I would rather hire someone who I know. Mm -hmm. And the only reason is because I would like a different set of eyes to look at it. Yeah. Um, cause you know, if you are too close to the material, sometimes you're not going to approach it the same way, you know? Yeah, yeah, there's pluses and minuses. There's pluses and minuses with everything. You know what I mean? It's not there's no right answer to editing except like don't cut on the blink. Eh, sometimes you cut on the blink though. And what if every cut is on the blink? Oh my then god! Oh my you, god! Then you, then you made something. Yeah, cool. you made something. Then you made horror. That'd be kind of fun. We should do that as like an experiment. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. I will say guys- I think there's so many different combinations of writing, directing, and editing like the teams. That'd be really interesting to explore because I really only explored the one, so that's all I can speak to. Yeah. Um, well, you know, if you ever want any, uh, if you ever want to help with editing when you're at your New York house, come on through. We'll maybe we'll let you intern. Maybe, maybe. We gotta, we gotta <laughs> I don't know how much time I want to spend in front of the computer. Yeah. You just want me to get that, your coffee. That, that for part it. of it's not great. Yeah, actually, that would be fucking <laughs> sick. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this up, Tyler. You have anything you want to plug? Thank you for coming, by the way. Um, thank you. I, I guess if I do plug anything, be on the lookout for this short film when it comes out. What's I don't it know called? when it's gonna be. It's gonna be called or it oh. is called A Nice Little Story. Okay. And then for director's name, what are we looking for? Tyler Ross, Tyler David Ross. I haven't actually given it a director oh, credit on IMDb because okay. I'm thinking like if for some reason it blows, uh, like, <laughs> I don't want people to know it was my directing debut. So just you know so you can you can search by producer and that would be Tyler Ross. But just look for me up as the actor okay. on IMDb. And you okay, can find it. got it. My wife stars in it. My wife. Um, I have Chris, uh, <laughs> where can the people find us? Oh, uh, well, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Sizzle Real Gang. Mm-hmm. We have a Gmail. That's Sizzle Real Gang at Gmail. Gmail. Send us an email. Why not? Send it in. We're on Patreon, Shishkin Productions. $5 that gets you into the happy hour the every happy month. Hour. It gets you into the Discord where we have really thoughtful, insightful discussions every day. Yeah, yes. about yeah. like what superpower would you have? Stuff you, like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. really good Don't stuff. Don't give it all away. Okay, yeah, yeah. You got to pay $5 for that, <laughs> yeah. folks. Uh, what else are we? The cold line. Well, I mean, we're also on TikTok. Yeah, you got to let me are. get there. We're yeah. on TikTok, <laughs> Shishkin <laughs> Productions. And now, most importantly, <laughs> 
saying. The no, cold, no, the go cold ahead. Line. Go ahead. The cold line. The cold line. It's uh, three, three, two, three, <laughs> three, three, four, three, 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 sixty-one. Uh, uh. Um, uh. yeah, I guess that's it. Don't Tyler. forget that this episode is brought to you by everyone's sister. If they have a sister, because not everybody has sisters. Shout out to sisters. I have a sister. Shout out. Shout out, shout out to Marissa. Whoopi. Shout out to Ned Fulmer's sister. Whoopi, shout out Grace. Whoopi Goldberg. Sh- what sister? Sister wasn't she? Was that a she was. Goldberg movie? She was. Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah sister true. act. Sister act. Sister. 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 Yeah, that was Tina Tamara. Yeah, yeah. Look, if it wasn't for shout out to them. Shout out to all sisters far and wide. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know how they do those omissions and corrections. Here's my omission and correction from like maybe a week ago or two. It was not Norman Rockwell who did that one stupid painting. Norman Mailer. No, I don't. I don't even know who it was. Tune in next week to find out. It was. Bobby. See you. All right. A Shishkin Productions podcast.